Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which helps churches live out the Great Commission. For more information or to get connected, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? I am fantastic. It is a beautiful wintry morning here in Ohio, and I have the random question of the day. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. What is your favorite thing to do in the snow? Okay. Favorite thing in the snow? I generally try to avoid that, but uh, if I'm around mountains, I, I really enjoy snow skiing. But that doesn't happen often, but that that would be my favorite thing. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I was going to go downhill, downhill snow skiing as well. Although I do, um, I want to be the kind of guy that really likes cross country skiing. Okay. I've never done it. Yeah, me neither. But it looks like something I would like to do. Okay. Okay. So goals, right? So that's, yeah. I mean, like it feels like it's, you know, it's supposed to be like one of the best workouts you can have and. I love being on skis, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, that would be what I would like to do if we ever get any real accumulation of snow in this year. Okay. I'll ask you about that. I don't think we're going to get any snow, so it doesn't matter, but let's jump into today's topic let's, because let's it really in. it really is about getting what you want when you want it and right now mother nature is not cooperating with me which makes me grumpy but right we're on session number four of consumerism and specifically we're talking about the demands of consumerism yes absolutely so uh, we are like you said on part four if you haven't heard the last few episodes you go back and listen to them they're building on each other. Uh, And I want to start this episode with a quote uh, to kind of push us into where we're going uh, today. So the quote is a quote from Ramit Sethi, and it it says this, learning is a social shield for smart people. It allows us to seem to be progressing, but learning without application is an excuse not to take action. Simply an endless avoidance of the work in front of us. And I know in my life, there are times where I have Uh, leaned into learning and not thought about any sort of application or what I want to do um, in response to what I'm learning. And the result is I don't grow. I'm just the same, the same with more information. And we don't want that, right? We want, as we're working through these Mm. uh, aspects of consumerism, for us to be able to reflect on in what ways has consumerism impacted us and what ways does it continue to? And how can we do something about it? Okay. So um, today we are looking at the demands of consumers. So we have already talked about uh, three things. Satisfaction can be purchased. And so consumers are those who believe that at some level, even if they wouldn't necessarily express it, they believe that we can purchase satisfaction. The second thing we looked at is that purchasing power is found in systems. And so consumers join systems and engage in systems in order to get money so that they can buy the things that they need to be satisfied. And then last time we were in this series, right before we had that great conversation with Dan Spader, 
yeah. we looked at how system participation demands our very identity and it changes us. Um, so today we're looking at what are the demands of consumers? And I would submit that there are three primary demands of consumers. And the first one, and, and I think they'll resonate with you, but the first one is that I must get what I want now. I must get what I want now. And in our culture right now, especially moving through COVID, um, this is even amped up further because we have been locked down in our houses um, at various points in the past couple of years. And we have been able to get everything brought to our house pretty quickly. But since time is money in a consumeristic culture, the now piece is really important because if time is money, I don't want you wasting my time. And so I need it now and not later. And we see this all over. We see it through DoorDash. We see it through um, drive-throughs, et cetera, et cetera. I must get what I want now. The second demand of consumers, I must get what I want my way, right? We think of Burger King, right? I do and, and immediately, right? Get what you want, get it your way. Not somebody else's way, your way. And satisfaction, if it's for sale and I have the money to buy it, then I need it my way. I don't want it your way or everybody else's way. I want it my way. And the anything less than that is disappointing to me. And it's disappointing as consumers because we are buying our satisfaction. And so we don't want it with onions when we don't like onions. We want that, that opportunity to change that. And then finally, and then Tony and I can jump into how we're seeing this impact um, the church and in disciple making the, the final uh, main demand of consumers. I must be able to return what I actually don't want and try again at your expense. And so if you're anything like me, I Amazon Prime, so I might order something. I think I want it and I get it and I look at it and it might be exactly what I ordered. There might be no difference between what I saw on the screen and what I'm holding in my hands. But if for whatever reason I decide I don't want it, my expectation is I should be able to return this and not pay anything for it. Uh, because the company must be at fault because they have promised something to me and didn't fulfill it because I don't feel satisfied. And so again, those are the three primary demands of consumers. I must get what I want now. I must get what I want my way. And I must be able to return what I actually don't want and try again at your expense. Tony, what's your initial response to those? And then we can jump into kind of how we've seen it uh, impact the church or maybe our own lives. Well, I mean, so obviously, right, like I wrestle with demands like everyone else does. I want good uh, purchase power. You know, I, I want to be to be rightly held for what I'm I'm getting and what I'm putting my money towards. And I want to be a good steward and I want all the things. But, you, you know, one of the things is I heard you were talking about is is uh, the two words I want. Right. And at the heart of at the heart of consumerism and, and specifically demands in consumerism, it's about what I want. And uh, the reality is, is that the gospel compels us 
to a different way of life. And so I think demands in the church are dangerous. I think I want is dangerous. And I think this thought process is can be super dangerous when it comes to our faith. And I, I was, you were talking, I was reminded of a Dave Ramsey quote. It says, learning to delay pleasure is a sign of maturity. Adult, adults devise a plan and follow it. Children do what feels good. Hmm. And, and I think, um, you know, this idea of delayed gratification, being able to see the bigger picture, all of these things are kind of how we combat this I want on demand, I must get it my way, I want to be able to return what I don't want kind of culture that we live in. And it, I, I think this is a real issue for the local church. Yeah. Can you read that quote again? Yes. Adults, adults, learning to delay pleasure is a sign of maturity. Adults devise a plan and follow it. Children do what feels good. Okay. Yeah. So I, learning to delay is a sign of maturity. And that's that's probably the heart of the quote that that Ramsey yeah. goes on to teach about quite a bit in his baby steps. If you've ever done any of his stuff, it's about like, hey, don't don't buy today what can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. I like that. I think there's a piece of of truth in that that pushes back consumerism. But I also hear in it, at least for me, I think about well, there have been a lot of times in my life where I have saved up money to buy something. But at, at that moment, when I am, I'm making that purchase, I am just as much a consumer as I was if I hadn't. You know what sure. I mean? And so, like I said, I think that gets at a piece of it, but there's still a piece, at least for me, that there's something inside that I am trying to uh, satisfy with that purchase that even at that moment, even if I've delayed, delayed, delayed to buy it, now that I'm sitting at the precipice of purchase, I want it now, I want it my way and it better satisfy me. And it, it might even heighten my desire, my consumeristic demands because I put so much self-control and discipline into waiting and saving to get that. What, what do you think? I, I mean, I think that makes it? a lot of sense, right? Like. When we're, well, I, I think part of what you're saying is maybe the wound that we worth exploring, we can all do separately with our therapists, is <laughs> is how are we using our consumeristic demands to fill the voids in our life? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, because when, when that consumeristic demand becomes something that you need, right, and I'll, I'll use quotes around need, right, and you want it a certain way, then you're using it almost in a way that is uh, very similar to kind of w what an idol would do, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I've, I've preached this sermon before where, you know, the Israelites didn't, you know, build the golden calf in the book of Exodus because they, they wanted to spite God. They didn't do it because they weren't, uh, they were mad at God. They did it because they lost sight of God. Right. And yeah. they wanted a God that they could see on demand. And yeah. so they built this golden calf so that they could be like everyone else. Hey, we're not, we don't have a God that's here right now. Meanwhile, you know, the actual God is talking to their leader on a mountain, you know, yeah. uh, just up the road. And, and yet they created this entire idol out of what they wanted on demand. And um, the reality is, I, I think I probably do this in my own life. You know, I, I think 
for me, my, my schedule is a little bit like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, my schedule can be, I can become very demanding of my schedule. So, Hey, if, if you're going to invite me to something and you show up late, I might leave, you know, right. yep. especially if you don't text or something, right? Like right. that, I want, I want it now. I want it my way. And if it doesn't work out, I want to return it, you know, and yeah. it's just a real, um, you know, it, it's cultural sin a little bit in, in the sense and when it comes to our faith and it's a, it's a cultural identity that most North Americans hold on to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, as a result, as disciples, a lot of times we approach God in the same way, that mm-hmm. God is here to give me what I want. I have this problem. I have this sin problem. And I've heard, God, that you're the one that that changes that, fixes that for me. So go ahead and fix it. And by the way, I, I want the rest of my life to fall into place too. And I think a part of why we as Western Christians have trouble with surrender uh, is because we are, instead of going to serve, we're going to be served. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm curious, Tony, as, as someone who has pastored in the church for many years, um, how have you seen consumerism in the local church? Well, I, I think one of the, one of the pitfalls of what's happened over the last several decades with the uh, attractional church movement is that we've created Sunday morning to be this sort of uh, cafeteria style smorgasbord of this is what I want to get from a Sunday morning experience. I, w- I want to come in. I want to be greeted with coffee and donuts. Mm-hmm. I want a message that changes my life, but I don't want it to be more than 35 minutes. I want worship that's good, and uh, um, but I want it to be indigenous to our community. So we better have really great musicians. I don't want to pay musicians. I want I want it to be cool but I also want it to be authentic, you know, and it's, it's just that crazy, you know, and I, that's just the, the modern worship. If you look at traditional worship, we do the same thing. I was visiting a church not too long ago, I was filling in there. And one of the things that they, uh, they said, Oh, we're really traditional. And uh, what I realized is what they really meant to say is they're really traditional with their traditions, hmm. not with like the historic faith traditions. They weren't liturgical, in the yeah. sense of like orthodox, they didn't have a, a high liturgy. What they had was a high value on their traditions, which mm-hmm. n- nobody else knew, right? As a guest, I didn't know those traditions, right? But it was, right. hey, this is what we do here because this is what we want. This is the way we want it. And uh, we're not going to accept anything else, regardless of what you, who we've asked you to lead us for the Sunday morning, think. Yeah. So it sounds like what you were getting from them, whether they intended it or not, was, hey, you're here to perform this function and here's how it fits into what we want. And we'll, we'll make that pretty clear so you can do it. Yeah. And the real tension here, right, is that we hire pastors and I'm, I'm not going to stay on the soapbox very long, but we hire pastors to lead us to places that we've never been. But we only want them to do that when it's convenient, comfortable and uh, on our schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it, it's just, it's a real tension. Consumerism in the local church is a real tension because it goes back to what the church exists for. Mm-hmm. So does the church exist to, to make the person who's paying the bills feel good? Does right. the church exist to go therefore and make disciples? I mean, obviously, you know, my feelings on it, but sure. it's a real struggle in the church. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think in in personal disciple making, there's a similar tension that can exist, right? So as a disciple maker, I have an idea of where we need to go and how I need to help you grow to maturity. But you also have ideas of why you're you're in the relationship to begin with. You have some wants, some some problems maybe that you're hoping get solved. And there's this real tension of, um, well, which direction are we going to go and what's this going to look like? And often I use the word co-creating, right? Because in, in a healthy disciple-making relationship, there's give and take, and we're co-creating that relationship in the sense of where we're going and how we're getting there. Because if I'm if I'm discipling and I'm only doing the things that you think we ought to do, I'm not really offering you the value or the maturity that you could have or the potential for that. But on the other hand, if I'm only doing what I think, then I mean, I have to recognize that as a disciple maker, I have some of these consumeristic demands in me that can go the other way too of, hey, you need to perform this way and make, you know, whatever it is. And I think there's that similar tension that exists in in personal disciple making. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things is, is we, I, I'm probably just subconsciously put demands, those same consumeristic demands on a lot of our relationships, right? And so, hey, mm-hmm. uh, let's enter into a personal disciple making relationship I've got 90 minutes for you every other week. We're going to go through this book. I need you to get it every week because I really only have nine months to spend with you before I think you should be ready to go, therefore, and make disciples yourself. And so, so you know, it's like, hey, I've got 90 minutes every other week. We better make this work. If it doesn't work, then if you don't stay on schedule, then you failed. But, yeah. but the reality is, is I've never been in a relationship that that's, that's clean, you know, where, right. where that has ever worked like that. And yeah. I, I I know you haven't either no. because people are just messy. And if we really care about the person more than we care uh, about our demands, uh, everything begins to shift. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tony, one of the things that that's coming to my mind consistently in this conversation is the impact of our sin. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have consumerism and it's becoming more and more powerful um, over the past hundred or so years. But, you know, for thousands of years, we have been selfish and want what we want. And we want it as soon as we can get it. And we want it our way. And even thinking about, you know, the way that most of us initially approach God, it is in that in that format. Right. God, I need yeah. you to do something for me. And. You know, I'm struck by how deep God's love is for us, because even as we approach in that way, initially, not only does he know that, he embraces us in those moments, right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, But for us, as we are processing through consumerism, processing through our own sin, um, what, what is it for us that we need to be thinking about? What do we need to be... Um, really meditating or praying through so that we can grow more towards maturity, not only as in our relationship to consumerism, but also our relationship to God. Yeah, I would say this is that the number one thing that we have to consider is what inside of me am I trying to satisfy? What am I trying to fill? What void, what, what feeling, right? Even if it's that 
desire to be in control. What am I trying to satisfy? And, um, and how can I surrender that to God? Yeah. Now, that's a deep question, right? A really good one, but one that requires some stillness and some self-awareness and some reflection and probably conversation with others. Yeah. But it's those sorts of, of questions and wrestling that, that are going to lead us somewhere different than where we're, we're used to existing, right? And so I, I just love how you put that. Well, I think um, as we begin to to wrap up today's episode, it, it kind of it, it brings us to our takeaway, right? Yeah. Consumers, all of us, have demands because we believe that something will satisfy us. So, you know, consumers have demands because they they believe the product will satisfy. And your action step this week is to really wrestle with that. Consider the demands that you're making on your faith community. Consider the demands that you're making on your relationships, right? And, and ask the question, right? What am I trying to satisfy? Right? What am I trying to satisfy? Am I a consumer or am I a stakeholder in the local church? And to, to recognize, I just want to tag on, I normally don't at this point, but <clears throat> that there's only one thing that satisfies, right? And we know that, but right. man, I got to be reminded of that. I have to remind myself of that. And so, you know, considering all those things, but then recognizing the lie of consumerism is that things other than Jesus are going to satisfy the deepest places in our heart and our life. Guys, we're so thankful to be on this journey with you. Uh, We're thankful for this uh, really deep dive into consumerism. We hope it's been helpful for you. If it has been helpful, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. And hey, do us a favor. Maybe share this episode with a friend, somebody who you know uh, can hold you accountable in your own consumerism or maybe struggles with their own. We love sharing. It's the highest compliment you can give us. Thank you guys so much. And we look forward to connecting with you real soon.